Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I always do the triple pat before I leave my house. It's habitual, the triple pat. Uh, that's what I call it, at least. Uh, it's like the dance move from the middle of the Macarena, you know, the da 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 Now it's not stuck in your head, but you remember the middle? Uh, for me, here's the triple pat. It's front pocket, front pocket, back pocket. Right pocket, left pocket, back pocket. Pat, pat, pat. Cell phone, keys, wallet. <laughs> Cell phone, keys, wallet, right? You got to make sure that you're ready for the day. Cell phone, keys, at least for me, the triple pat, that's what I need to make sure I get out the door. This morning, I got out to my car and I didn't have my keys. So I went back in the house, but I did have my hunting rifle ready. So, you know, there's that as well. So, hey, triple pat, you got to be ready. You got to be ready. It's good to be ready. We need to be ready. Today, we're in Ephesians chapter 6. It's the last chapter in the book of Ephesians, this letter from the Apostle Paul to the church at Ephesus. We've been working our way as a church, chapter by chapter, through the book of Ephesians. Next week, we're going to have one more sermon as we kind of wrap this whole thing up. But today, here we are in Ephesians chapter 6, and we find out that we are one. We are one. We're one in battle. The words that the Apostle Paul uses today are, they're, they're military type words. Here's what he says, verses 10 and 11. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, the apostle Paul says. So where does your strength come from? Not from within yourself, not from this world, at least in, in a spiritual sense. Where does your strength come from? It comes from being in Christ. Be strong in the Lord Christ. When you are alive in Christ, you are strong in Christ. We need the strength of Christ. And the Apostle Paul says that God delivers it to us in what he calls the whole armor of God. The whole armor of God. We're going to look at the pieces of the armor later on in this sermon, taking them one by one. But first, I want to ask the question, why do we need this strength of the Lord? Why do we need to put on armor? When should we do that? Why should we do that? Why do we need to do this, this triple pad and be ready? The answer, Paul gives it to us, it's so that we may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. I'm not sure how attentive you all are to the spiritual warfare that is always going on in your life and in your home and in this world. I'm not sure how well attuned you are to what is happening 
behind the scenes of all of the things that you see before your very eyes. Because I tell you, it is real. The spiritual warfare is real. It is really real. And often it's tied to the regular warfare that you see on a daily basis. If you are in the midst of a relational conflict, there is a spiritual component to that conflict. If you are dealing with stress and anxiety in this world, there is a spiritual component to that stress and that anxiety. I'm not saying that always it's the devil making those things happen at any given moment, but you better believe that the devil will want to capitalize on the sinful brokenness that exists in this world, to wage warfare in your life and in this world. Satan is cunning and Satan is crafty and he is tricky. The word in the Greek for the, for the word schemes is the Greek word methodia. Methodia, say that with me. Methodia. Methodia. You see it uh, in the English word methods or maybe even methodical. The devil in his scheming, that the Greek word under scheming is methodia, he is methodical in his plots in attacking your life, your family, and this world. It just is. Now, before engaging in battle with an enemy, it's good to know the strategy of your enemy, to know their methods. And I want to tell you about the way that Satan is at work in this world, and I will, but first let me tell you this. I want to be very clear with you that the devil's strategy is a losing strategy because the devil's a loser. Christ is already victorious over the devil. There is no tool, no weapon, nothing that the devil has to use against you that Jesus is not already powerful and victorious over. Jesus already stands victorious, and when you are in him, you are victorious. The devil has nothing against you, and Jesus will come. He will come again and put a final rest to these schemes of the devil. But until that day, the devil's cunning. He's crafty. He's tricky. His work is terrible. That's the whole point of this Ephesians message, though. We are called to stand firm in Christ, to put ourselves in Christ, knowing full well that the devil has no power over us. Put on Christ's armor, stand firm. But I do want you to know what the devil's strategy, what his methods are, so that you're attentive to what he's trying to do in this world so that you can say, huh, what a lousy attempt. Just like when I played competitive sports, you know, at, when I played competitive sports, this was way a long time ago, we would watch the tape of our opponents before we play them. And, and I, when I say tape, I mean tape, like fast forward, rewind, you know. We would watch them do their plays so that we would know what their plays were going to be so that we would know how to compete against them. Today I want to show you the tape of the devil so that you know what he's trying to do in your life and in this world. 
Here's ultimately the end goal of the devil. Here's the game that he's trying to play. He wants to draw you away from God. Okay? Just be aware of that. He wants to draw you away from God. So how will he do that? First, most often, what he will try to do is sow seeds of doubt in your mind about who God is and about who you are as his beloved, forgiven children. It's what he did to Adam and Eve in the garden. It was the very first thing. He tempted them. He placed doubt in their minds. Did God really say is what the devil tempted them with. So the devil will often tempt you with putting doubts in your minds. Is God really who he says he is? Am I really forgiven? Is, is this world really going to have eternal life? Like, is this real? And after he's placed doubts in your minds, he will try to also separate you from other people. So he'll try to separate you from God and try to separate you from other people. So he'll draw upon the conflicts that exist in this world, and he'll try to push you away from other people. So he'll, he'll try to use those negative thoughts in your minds about other people, and you'll start to see other people negatively to cast sweeping judgments on large swaths of the population just because you don't understand them or don't like them. He will cause you to have hatred for other people. So he'll separate you from God, separate you from other people. He'll try to get you to, to think that the battles that are in front of you, those, those earthly things, those earthly tensions, he'll try to get you to think that that's really all there is and that he's playing no part in it. See, this is the cunning craftiness of the devil. He doesn't want you to think that he exists, so he's going to try to convince you he's invisible and that what's in front of you is all there is. So he's going to get you to try to fight, to try to fight these things that are in front of you. You hear this if you pay attention to the language of the world. Think about it and pay attention. What does the world say? You got to fight against the opposing political party. You got to fight them. You've got to fight against this coronavirus. Fight the pandemic. You got to you got to fight against inequality. Fight. You got to fight against pollution. You got to fight. They use the language. Fight. 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 Why? Why would the devil capitalize on this to stir you up into a frenzy? To get you to live in fear, doubting God, separated from other people, hating one another, seeing the world with evil eyes. This is what the devil is trying to do in this world. Because if the devil can get you spinning into a frenzy, separated from God, from other people, he'll try to pin you in a corner. Get your thoughts swirling of chaos, confusion, stress, worry, push you into the corner, isolated from people, isolated from God, thinking that you're the last one, the only one who can do anything, or to just become so burdened and beaten and shoved into the corner that you just give up. And if the devil can do that to us, think of what he can do to families, to communities, to societies, to the world. Do you understand? Do you understand? Do you see it? I just showed you the tape of the devil. This is his game plan of what he's trying to do. So, Christian, friends, what is your game plan? The Apostle Paul gives it to us today. 
And I tell you, let's do it. Here it is. Put on the whole armor of God. Not part of it. The whole thing. Armor up. Whose armor? Not yours, not the world's. God's armor. And this armor is the armor that Jesus Christ already defeated the devil with. So when you're alive in Christ and you arm yourself with Christ, you are arming yourself with the weapons and the tools that have already proven victorious over the devil. Friends, Jesus fights for you. Let me tell you, Jesus fights for you. You are not alone. Jesus fights for you. He fights for you. The measly little devil, his attempts are feeble and weak, and they ultimately lose. At the time in the Apostle Paul's life, when he's writing these words, he is a prisoner in the city of Rome. He was imprisoned for preaching the gospel boldly. While he was a prisoner in Rome, he was on house arrest. He was an important prisoner, a well-known prisoner, But he wasn't a huge threat to the society, so they had him on house arrest. And while he was on house arrest, he was not allowed to leave his residence, but people were allowed to come and visit him, and a lot did. Even influential people, the book of Philippians tells us that the household of Caesar himself came to visit Paul and had the gospel preached. So Paul is a prisoner, and he was allowed to write letters. Many of the letters that he wrote that are in the Bible, he wrote while a prisoner in Rome. And it was customary for prisoners in a Roman house arrest to actually literally be chained to a Roman guard, to a Roman soldier. So as the Roman soldiers would switch out guard duty, they'd you know, take the chain and be chained to Paul. So Paul, while a prisoner in Rome, he's got this poignant image right in front of him of a Roman soldier. And so I'm sure he's thinking while writing to the church in Ephesus about being strong in the Lord, what image comes to mind? Oh yeah, you, this Roman soldier. So so here's what Paul is seeing. Here's the image that he's got. Let's look at this again. Paul says, put on the whole armor of God. Put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of peace as shoes for your feet, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The belt of truth, it's worn around your waist, and it protects, well, you could say your most sensitive areas. (laughs) The truth of the gospel is what holds you together. It is what is passed from generation to generation. The gospel of truth is essential to life itself. What is it that guards your heart and your vital organs? The righteousness of Christ. Not your righteousness, the righteousness of Christ. Put on the righteousness of Christ. It is what keeps you alive. Your shoes making you ready, the gospel of peace, where you go as people, you go bringing the good news of peace, not fighting, but bringing peace. You have a shield of faith. Maybe you've seen it in the movies, the Roman shield, when the Roman soldiers 
uh, when those flaming arrows come flying, do you remember what the Roman soldiers would do? Often they would make a line together, and this is where the church comes in, where brothers and sisters in Christ, they would get in a line and put their shields up, boom, 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 right in a line. And then, and then the guys behind would put their shields up like this, like a roof over the top. Maybe you've seen this, right? So when the opponents shoot the, how do you shoot an arrow? Not like this, I'm ready for a deer, uh, like this, right? They shoot the, the flaming arrows over, and those flaming arrows come, and they, what, what does it say? How many, how many arrows are extinguished and fought off? All of them, Paul says, all of them. Not a single arrow can get through because we trust in that shield of faith. Then we've got the helmet of salvation. We know, we believe we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, not not because of our works. We're not boasting. We're not puffed up with pride. We are clothed with a helmet of salvation. And finally, the, the last thing, the, a defensive weapon, but the only offensive weapon is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. If you think of it, it's, that's up in close personal battle. It's not a, you don't get an arrow, you get a sword. So sometimes the devil's close to you, but, but <laughs> he's got nothing to say to the Word of God. The Word of God is your weapon of truth, the sword of the Spirit, the power of God is with you to proclaim to that measly devil that he is already lost, that Christ is victorious. That is your word, that is your power, it is your weapon. So what does Paul encourage us to do once we have the armor on? He says, stand firm. Stand firm. He doesn't tell us we need to wage war against the devil. Why? Jesus already did that. And Jesus already won. All we need to do is stand, to withstand, to withstand those attacks of the devil. The devil is bound. The devil is sort of like a, like a wounded animal just kind of trying to swipe out in those last breaths. Or maybe a more poignant image to those of you with children, the devil is like a toddler throwing a temper tantrum. <laughs> It might be loud, it might be scary, but he's really got no power unless you give it to him. Right? Unless you give it to him, he's got no power. So you don't need to give in, you stand firm. Stand firm in Christ, stand firm. I mentioned to you that I do the triple pat before I leave my house, right? Right pocket, left pocket, back pocket. Right pocket, left pocket, back pocket. I thought about cueing the Macarena music during the sermon and get you all up and moving, but I didn't. But, you know, but if you're putting on the armor of God, it's more like a six-pat. Like a six-pat. Yeah, right? Paul says, put on the armor of God and stand up. So, let's make this a little tactile. Come on, people of God, stand up, stand up, stand up. You don't just get to receive today, you get to do something. All right, so again, this is where the Macarena music would have come in handy, so if you need to tune a little beat in your head, actually, Kevin, you should boom, boom. No, we won't get the drums going. All right, here's what we're going to do. You're going you're gonna to follow after me, and you're going to touch up first year hips. We're going to do this. We're going to say truth. All right. Cross your arms and say righteousness. <laughs> now touch your toes and or just point to them. All right, I'll be nice. Just point to your toes and say, peace. Hold up your shield and say, faith. Put on a helmet of salvation. Say salvation. The word of God. All right, let's do it again. All right. Truth. 
You can repeat after me. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, the word of God. Now we're going to do it together. All right, like you mean it, like you mean it. Ready? One, two, three. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, the word of God. Now, don't you sit down yet. Stand firm. Stand in the faith. But maybe you're wondering, what if that cunning and crafty devil sneaks up behind us? He's tricky. What if he sneaks up behind us and attacks from the back? I've got good news for you because God's got your back. God's got your back. We're going to get a little charismatic today. All right, say, God's got my back. back. Say it like you mean it. God's got my back. Now say it to the person sitting next to you. Don't spit in their face. Just say it nicely, but like you mean it. God's got your back. God's got your back. People of God, God's got your back. Stand firm. Put on the whole armor of God. The devil's a wimp. Stand firm in Christ. Don't let him cause chaos in your life. Stand firm in Christ. Don't let him cause confusion in your mind. Stand firm in Christ. Don't fall into his crafty trap. Stand firm in Christ. Pray at all times. Keep alert. Be bold with the gospel. Use the word of God. Stand firm. God's got your back. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.